Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Today we're going to look at Daniel. 
a, a very familiar character. Many of us know the story of Daniel and the lion's den, especially if you have kids and you grew up with veggie tales, right? You know, I am King Darius, that is my name, right? And, and, and I said, we know, we know this story is familiar, right? So if you have a Bible, turn to Daniel chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 1. So as you're turning there, uh, just in case maybe you don't know that story uh, very well, I just want to give you some kind of context and and just kind of set the scene for you a little bit. Um, Daniel had had served three different rulers at this point in time. This is the third one we're about to look at. He's about 80 years old at this point. He was, he was very faithful, uh, Daniel was. And God gave him this great favor with these, uh, with these kings. You know King Nebuchadnezzar. And, and now we're about to learn about King Darius. And, and they're in this Babylonian captivity. And here's this Hebrew boy that got brought into all this. That God has elevated even in the enemy's camp, right? Because that's God—that's the favor of God. That's what God will do, right? And, and even in, in the enemy's camp, God has elevated uh, King Daniel into like the inner circle uh, of the king. For many years, he served in this role. He had this gift that God had given him of interpreting dreams, and that's kind of where we see, uh, you know, his his kind of door in this, his opportunity to come in. Uh, he had that gift. He was very wise and. And just godly wisdom allowed him to be able to have favor uh, within all these different rulers. And so here we find him uh, with King Darius now, the, the third uh, ruler that he served under. And, and King Darius kind of has this really great strategy, you know, strategic mind. And he kind of begins to structure things differently in the kingdom. And, and he sets up to where there's 120 uh, satraps. Uh, these are like overseers, they're the kingdom protectors, and then there's three administrators that are over all of those people, okay? And Daniel is one of those administrators. This is all to prevent rebellion, it's to oversee taxes and national financial matters, and really just protect the king. And so if we'll pick up here in Daniel chapter 6, starting in verse 1, and we'll read up to verse 3, we'll, we'll read some more here in a little bit, but, but we'll pause there. Uh, it says, it pleased Darius to appoint 126 rabbis to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were uh, made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Right? Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. And God, I thank you so much uh, for your word. That God, this is something that we can stand on. Lord, there's times when, when we struggle, God, there's times when we go through things, but God, your word, your truth, God, is a rock that we can stand on. And, and, and I remember the story uh, where, where I believe it was Jesus said that, 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 that if we build our house upon this rock, God, we will stand. Not like the man who, who built his house on, on shifting sand, Lord, but, but on your truth, on your standard, God, on your ways, Lord. God, this is how we can stand. We trust in you. We trust in your word. So God, help us to get this today. Help us to, to get some revelation from you, from the life of Daniel. God, so that we can stand strong no matter what we face in this life, in this world. In Jesus' name, everyone say amen. 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 So, so here we go. Again, Daniel has found favor, even in the enemy's camp, amongst not just uh, you know different people and rulers, but but against it, you know with this king, he, he's been uh, elevated in, in his uh, you know his influence and being able to do this all his life, really, all throughout you know this story, we see Daniel standing out, and that's what happens if we truly serve God and we're we're truly living for Him, if we're truly standing for His truth, we will stand out. In fact, that's what we are called to do. We're called to be in the world, but not of it. We, we should be separate, and we should stand out. We should stand out in how we live this life amidst everybody else. The way that we talk, the way that we act, how we react to things in this life and in this world, it should be different. And that's what God is calling us to be. We should be Daniels. In our different spheres of influence, on your job, in your schools, in, in, in your college, in, in, in your home, in your neighborhood, in your communities, on the ball field. Come on, parents. Yeah. Come on, parents. You know what I'm saying? We're called to stand up and stand out. And that's where Daniel found himself here once again. But of course, you know, there's always going to be somebody that don't like it, right? 
And so the other two administrators alongside of Daniel became jealous because here he is. He's been elevated. He's not really one of them necessarily because of his upbringing, his background, where he's from. This Hebrew boy is now elevated uh, amongst everybody. And they, they, become, they become jealous, right? But, and as we begin to read through this story, we see where they plot against him. They come, they come against Daniel. They try to, try to catch him. They try to trap him so that, so that they can get him out of the way. And we see Daniel, we see him stand strong with a supernatural strength over and over and over again. We see the faithfulness of Daniel to his God. He doesn't waver. He doesn't cower. He doesn't say, oh, well, we got captured, so we might as well just go along with the flow. No, he continues to be faithful to God even in the midst of a crazy situation. Over and over again, he stands strong. We see him uh, develop, and we'll see it even more so in this, uh, in this passage as we read on. He develops this lifestyle of serving God that way of prayer and, 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 and just giving his life to God and making daily decisions to serve God and live for him no matter what. Come on, you may know some people like that. You may know some people that have just this crazy, audacious faith. It's like they, they, it's like they, they, they can't be shaken. They, they believe, like they, 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 they talk and talk, they walk and walk, and they believe God will show up, right? You, you know some people that are like that. Come on, we may know some people, we know we can go to them, and they will pray, and they will pray fire down over your life, and you see God move. We know some people that God moves in, in, in their prayers, and, and when they pray, people are healed. Like we, we know people like that. In fact, we are meant to be those people as well. That's not just for select people. That's for all of us to walk in, right? You may know some people who have complete peace even in the midst of chaos. We may know some of those people. But guess what? That didn't just happen in their life overnight. That the way that Daniel was and the way he conducted himself and lived in his life, that just didn't happen and develop overnight. That was who he was. That was ingrained and instilled in his life. And that's something that he held on to. This stuff doesn't just happen. It came from a lifestyle of prayer. It came from a lifestyle of faith. It came from a lifestyle of saying, hey God, I'm going to serve you no matter what. And not wavering and not caving and not cowering. It was built into his life. It was a lifestyle. Just happened overnight. So, so what I want to do is I want to help some of you. I want to help all of us be like Daniel, no matter what comes our way, to where we can stand. Anybody want to stand strong? Come on, in the days we are living in, anybody need to stand strong? Come on. So I want to help you with that. Three truths to help you stand strong, even when you are not feeling it. Because you can. You can stand strong. You can stand. Even though the world may be falling down around you, we can Stand strong, but it's not by our might, it's not by our power, but only by the Spirit of the living God. Come on, somebody. Right? We can, though. We can't. Even when we don't feel like it, we can. Even when something seems impossible, we can stand. Even when the odds are stacked against us, we can stand. And it's not going to be your strength. It's not going to be your good things. It's not going to be your abilities. It's not going to be your good looks. It's not going to be your status. It's not going to be how much money you make. It's not going to be any of those things that we put so much on. It's all going to be from our ability to trust God. So here's three truths, right? Because your ability to stand is determined by your willingness to trust God no matter what. And the reality is, before we even get into anything else, is that life can be tough, right? Anybody know that? Life can be tough. People can be cruel. Anybody know that? And man, the enemy, the devil, he don't like you. Right? So, so there's going to be things that we face and we've got to learn how to stand strong no matter what. Here's three truths when you're not feeling ready. Number one, when God raises you up, expect opposition. It, it, it's going it's to come in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's people, a person, a situation, the enemy, like it, it's going, we're going to face opposition, right? We're not promised that everything's just going to be perfect, but we are promised that we can have strength to stand and get through. You might come uh, to a place in your life that everything's good and, and you're excited about your faith, God, and you're, you're growing in your relationship with God, and, 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 and there's all kind of maybe good things. Maybe you're experiencing some blessings in your life, maybe you got a promotion, or, or maybe things are going well. You did good on the test, right? And, and, and whatever it may be, maybe things are going good, but then all of a sudden something tries to tear you down. Maybe it's a situation, a doctor's report, something you see on the news. 
Right? The news is very down, so don't be so caught up in the news. Right? There's bad news out there. Let's just throw that out there. You don't have to watch the news to know that. Right? But then he says, maybe it's a person that, that might tear you down. You might have people, it might even be some close people that end up tearing you down. Family, friends, it, it might even be some church folks sometimes. Shouldn't be that way. Right? And there may be some things that God has called you to stand up for. Maybe you as a family have decided, hey, you know, we're, we're going we're to homeschool our kids because that's what we feel is best for our kids. And that's your right, and you absolutely should do what is best for your kids. Maybe it's to take them out, out, of, out of a particular school and put them somewhere else. Like, you do what's best for your family. But there's always going to be somebody that's going to run their mouth, right? You, you might have decided that, hey, I'm not, you know, we feel God is calling us to downsize, so we're going to, you know, sell some stuff, we're going to get a smaller place so that we can be a blessing to other people, so that there's more margin for us to be a blessing for others, right? And God may have called you that, but there's always going to be somebody that's going to, you know, have something to say about it. You might speak out against injustice. You might post something on Facebook, and then you got all the trolls that want to clap back at you. You might stand up for godly things and say, no, this is what the Bible says, and this is the truth, and this is what we should live by. And let me tell you, honey, there's going to be a lot of people have something to say about that. And there may be different things that God has called you to stand for, but there's always going to be opposition. And we might as well get that in our head and our heart and understand that and not get so torn down, and not get so beat up over it, it's going to come. But how are you, this is the question, this is where we need to live. How are we going to stand when we face that opposition? Because it's coming. We're not, we can't avoid it, we can't sweep it under the rug, we can't run from it. How do we stand? How do we stand? How do we stand in it? How do we stand out in it? What can God do in us and through us in those moments? God may, may try to raise you up and, and others may tear you down. Even, you know, even in our world, you know, people may say, hey, listen, you, you know, you're just being too religious. You're, you're just being one of those holy rollers. Well, yeah. there's always going to be somebody that tries to do something. There's an actual thing that's called a crab syndrome. You can Google it, look it up, right? But if you put crabs in a bucket, one may try to climb out, but the other crabs will tear it down. Hey, if, 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 if we can't be free, nobody can be free, right? And it's an actual thing. Trust me. But there's going to be opposition in your life. It might be a person. It might be difficulties. It might be your finances, your family, your health, your job. It could be so many different things. It might be a spiritual attack. Either way, some opposition at times in our life are going to try to bring us down. How do we stand in those moments? Daniel has continued favor. We, we see that throughout his story. And here we have these politicians that now want to try to bring Daniel down. So let's try to find some dirt on him. Right? We don't know about that, do we? Right? Uh, let's try to run an ad campaign against Daniel. And let's, let's try to slander his name. Right? We, we've never seen that before. Right? <laughs> Nothing's new under the sun, is it? So, so they try to come up against Daniel. They try to catch him. They try to do something to go against him. And, and they realize Daniel's... So they come up with a scheme because they know if they, if they go against his faith, either he's going to go against his God or he's going to go against the king. And if he goes against the king, boom, God. So they come up with this plan and this scheme. Come on, start, start back if you've got your Bible still open. Daniel 6, verse 4. Let's keep reading. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Here's a false idea. Serving God means that nothing will ever go wrong in our life. That is a big lie, and it's just not true. Right? We're going to face opposition because here's the deal. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood, we wrestle with principalities and powers, right? There's a very real enemy of our soul who does not like you and wants to take you out. And here's just a side truth for you. If you're not ready to face opposition for being obedient to God, you're not ready to be used. 
by God. It's just the reality of it. You're going to face opposition, even sometimes when we have to go against the grain. As long as we're obedient to God, we might uh, offend people. We, we might, we might uh, you know, come against people, but I'm not going to come against God. I'm not going to offend God. So these other two administrators, they, they butter up the king. And they're like, oh, your eyes are number one. King Darius, your muscles are number one. King Darius, you are number one. You, your robe is made from the finest linen in the land. You're rocking the Jordan sandals. You, you King Darius, you are the goat, like the greatest of all time. You know, and they try to butter up the king, and, and they're really, and then they come in like, listen, King Darius, come on. If, if we just set this decree, if people, if we say that nobody can pray to any other god but you, because you are, are worthy, and we are not worthy, you know. But, 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 if, but if we set this decree to where nobody's able to pray to anyone other than you, then for 30 days, if, if they do that, we throw them in the lion's den. Right? And King Darius agrees because it feels good to be told all those nice things, right? But he agrees. And so they set this degree. So, so what's Daniel going to do now? What, what, what's Daniel going to do? Say, well, you know, I don't, I don't want to do this. You know, I'm 80 years old now. I've lived a good life, right? I, I've, I've, I've seen some really cool things. I've been, around, I've been around for a minute. I've done a lot of great things. So, so maybe I just need to lay low, right? I, I'm, better, I'm better alive than I am dead, right? To be able to keep speaking into the king's life and, and all these people. And we can do that. We can try to justify things and twist things the way that we want them, right? Daniel could have easily done that. Thinking about, you know what? I'm just going to pray quietly. Right? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go where nobody's gonna sit around. I'm just gonna pray on my own, right, in my head, you know. And, and, and if they ask me, hey, are you praying? I'm just like, no, I'm just taking a little power now. <laughs> and no lie, I had a friend of mine when we were teenagers in youth group. Now you teenagers don't don't do this, because I'm gonna call you out on it. But but he we would sit in the back, like some of you in the church do every week. Um, and, and he would sit in the back. And, and he would lean, and, and Ted generally know, but I'm not going to call his name out because I don't want to call him out like that. But, but he would lean his head on the pew like this, and he would tell people he was praying, but he wasn't praying. He, he was sleeping every week. He would tell people he was praying. I'm telling teenagers, adults don't do that either. I'll call you out. You better wake up. What's Daniel going to do? Is he going to stop praying? Is he going to give in? When they start mandating things, talk quietly. Is he going to pray silently and just kind of keep it under wraps? Or, or is he going to keep praying and risk death? How did he have such audacious faith to stand strong? Verse 10. Daniel 6, verse 10. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. And three times a day, he got down on his knees, and he did what, church? He prayed. He didn't cower. He didn't cave. He didn't get scared. He didn't ask God, God, would you remove this? Would you just come down and smoke these people and strike them down with your uh, mighty right hand? He went. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, and I love this line, just as he had done before. How do we stand? How do we have faith? How do we stand strong when we're not feeling kneeling to praise what gives you the strength to stand? He did what he had always done before. It did not shake him. It did not move him. It did not faze him. He's like, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep praying. This is nothing to my God. And he did what he had always done before. Our first response to problems should never be panic. But it's our human nature, right? But it should always be prayer. But how many times, how many times do we, we go through things and, and, and we, we face up against a wall or issue or struggle or situation or whatever it might be. And, 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 and we say, well, we got to do something. And we start taking matters into our own hands. And we start acting quickly. Right? And then when all those things don't work, oh, well, I guess all we can do is what? All we can do is pray. That should be our first response. Yeah, we, we can pray. 
We get to pray. Come on, the God of the universe hears your prayers. He doesn't just hear our prayers. He answers our prayers. God of all creation wants a relationship with you. wants you to trust in Him. Give your life to Him. And He hears us when we call His name. The Bible tells us that those who call upon the name of the Lord are saved. He hears us when we call. And He's faithful to answer. All we can do now is pray. No, we can pray through the whole thing. From start to finish. How have you cultivated a lifestyle of prayer? Or does your life, do we end up trying to work it in to wherever we can in our life and in our schedule? I'm not talking about your blessing over your food. I'm not talking about just, oh, well, I, I thought about God today. I'm talking about actually have you carved out time in your day and in your schedule and in your business. Oh, Pastor, I'm just too busy in this. And that's the biggest lie that we Christians believe. We are not too busy. The thing is, we value and, and we do what we want to do the most, right? There is time in our day to pray. We have to spend our time. If, if you call yourself a Christ follower, if you, if you like to come in and you like to shout unto God every Sunday, but, but we don't spend time with Him the rest of the week, we're missing the whole thing. There is time in our day. We have the same amount of time every day. It's been that way since the beginning of time. We have 24 hours in our day. A good chunk of that we spend sleeping. But we fill it with what we want to fill it with. Amen. And we do what we want to really do. Is prayer in that? And then we prioritize everything else around that. Daniel's years of relationship and dedication to God, it was... It was built on this. This is what his lifestyle was. This was his routine. He, no matter what, he's praying three times a day. That, that, that was his go-to thing. That's what, and I'm guessing that wasn't over meals, you know. Meat's good, meat's tough. Lord, I hope we have enough. And hey, I prayed today. <laughs> three times a day, he was seeking after God, and the rest of his day was worked around that. What's your go-to? Is this prayer your go-to? This was not Daniel's last resort. It was his go-to. And notice, he doesn't announce it to everybody. Watch. I'm just going to pray anyway. Go on Instagram, have your Bible out with a nice cup of coffee situated just right with your favorite uh, place that you go to on the front, you know, the logo, the Bible. And it's all perfectly neatly put out there and, and take a shot of it. I'm praying today. Hashtag so blessed, so spiritual, whatever. <laughs> Nobody cares. You should be praying. Get off my soapbox. <laughs> you should post, hey, God answered my prayer today. How about that? That would be more beneficial anyways. But he doesn't announce it. He just does it. It was ingrained in him. That was what he went to. That was his reaction. Oh, something's going on? Pray it. Nothing's going on? Pray it. Daniel was persistent in prayer. It was a habit. It was a lifestyle, and he worked his schedule around it. What's incredible is that he doesn't allow his crisis to move him to prayer, right? But the crisis did not break his routine of prayer. It did not break him. It did not move him to do that. He just continued doing what he always did. He knew where his help came from. He knew who his source was. And he just continued to do what he had done before. He didn't hide himself away in an inner room somewhere. He didn't hope that, that uh, you know, he would remain undiscovered. He opened up the window so everybody could hear. He didn't immediately cry, God, deliver me from this unjust edict. This is wrong. This is unconstitutional. This is... Uh. He just did what he had always done. And prayed. Prayed some more. Actually begins by giving thanks to God, just like normal. It's what he had done before. He pre-decided every day, I'm going to seek God no matter what. If your relationship with God is it's loosey-goosey, and it's just, it's just whatever, and, and, and it's just right, whatever I get around to, that I'll pray. I don't even, I don't know if you really have a relationship with God. I know that might be a hard thing. You might be like, dang, bro, why'd you do that to me? 
But as, as, as the thing about it, this is our time spent seeking God. How do you have a relationship with someone you don't talk to? Do you go through your week without talking to your spouse? Don't answer that. <laughs> Call me, we'll set up some, some counseling. But, but that's how you have a relationship. If you spend time with them. How can we say we have a relationship with God? How come there's so many people that would consider themselves a Christian, but they don't really spend time with God? Daniel pre-decided that I'm going to pray three times a day. No matter what happens, I'm trusting him. Hey, we, we, we've got to take this seriously, church, because you better believe the enemy's got a strategy up against you. We've got to take this. If, if you haven't seen the, the world and where it's been headed for years now, this isn't anything new. It's interesting. We get all up in an uproar about the things going on in our country and in the world. But this, is, this has been leading for years now. And all of a sudden now, what are we going to do? We need to do what we should have always been doing. And that's praying and seeking the face of God. And whatever it is that he speaks in those moments and he speaks in his life, that's what we do. We're obedient to him no matter what. We trust in him no matter what. But we better take this stuff seriously. If that means you need to rework your schedule, if that means you need to get up early, because you know you got kids, and as soon as your kids are awake, that's it, in game. That's what you're focused on. Like, whatever you got to do to get a hold of God, to spend time with Him, remove whatever is limiting your proximity to God. In other words, remove whatever it is that's going to keep you from getting close to Him. That might be people, that might be situations, that might be the TV, the remote, your phone, that might be a number of different things, but you need to remove whatever it is. It might be sin, you need to remove and get it out of your life so that you can get close to God. Haley and I went to a conference years ago in Alabama. Uh, Evangelist Pat Schatzline was speaking there, and Haley had gone through a leadership program with him. So I said, yeah, let's, let's go up there. Even though I don't, I don't want to hear Roll Tide all weekend, but, but we, we went anyway. Because it was right down the road from the college. Pat's brother was the pastor at this church now. Previously, it was his father. They called him bishop. And his father was actually there, had retired from ministry, but it was still very revered. And he actually spoke in one of the breakout sessions, and it just, it blew my mind. And he, I don't know if you even remember this. When he spoke, he told us about his kind of schedule when he was pastoring. And he said, every day, 4 o'clock in the morning, I'm up praying. 4 o'clock in the morning, y'all. Bro, I'm, I don't even know what light is before I'm like, It's dark. That's what it is because that's my eyelids. Every day, 4 o'clock in the morning. And, and not just like a little devotional on the phone because it's my daily reading plan, blah, blah, blah. It was hours of seeking under God. There, there were other times he would say, I'd be at my office and I'd, I'd schedule in prayer to my everyday thing. And I would tell my secretary, listen. I don't want to be bothered. Don't bother me in this time. And I thought, I was like, really strong. But, but the point of it was he valued prayer. And he saw God move in incredible ways throughout his ministry. And that church is still thriving to this day. Are we, are we removing what's limiting us from getting a hold of God? If you don't have a daily prayer time, what's it going to take to develop one? Because I know you've heard this. This is nothing new. We know we need to pray. What's it going to take to do it? How, are we going to develop that time in, in our life? I think of, of these cards nowadays. I'm so thankful for this. That, that will tell you how much you have left till your car is going to be out of gas. Eddie, I'm thankful for it. Because I like to live life on the edge this way. And my previous car did not have that. And Haley can tell you I've had to run out of gas so many times. I had to call her, hey, bring me a can. I'm out. How do you do that? But I'm thankful, but hey, since you don't laugh, because I still live on, on the, I'll let it get to eight miles till it, you know, till it's empty. I'll let it get to five, I'll let it get to two one time. I know my limits. Just me. But there have been times when I have literally been riding on fumes. Listen, Christian, listen, church. If we're living a prayerless life, we are riding on fumes. We are literally trying to get through our day every day, riding on fumes. Guess what? When those difficult moments come, we're not going to be able to stand because we're running on E. 
This is important. We have got to get this. I don't know what it's going to take till we finally get this. Let me give you a little bit of, of just some practical application real quick. And this is just some beginner stuff. So maybe, maybe you're in the room, maybe you're fairly new to the faith and, and you're trying to get started, but you keep, you know, just keep going. Don't, don't just stop. Don't be like Ansley and wobble and, and not go. Keep pedaling. Keep going, right? But first and foremost, pick, pick a time or times. You know, be like David. Say, hey, these are many times a day. I'm going to do it. And work it into your day. Pick that. You can set a reminder on your phone. We have no excuses anymore. We never really did, let's be honest. So, so set those reminders. Do it. Put it in your calendar. Do whatever you got to do. Say, hey, this is the time I'm going to do it. And stick to it. If you miss it here and there, don't, don't get so caught up on that. Don't let it knock you out. Just keep going. So pick your times. Remove any distractions. It might be your phone, but you're like, hold on, Pastor, my devotional's on, but, but your phone distracts you. you might, that might not be the best thing to have with you. You may need to pick something else. It doesn't necessarily have to be in a devotional. It can just be quiet time. You praying to God can look a lot different. You can just have your Bible out. Sometimes, I'll be honest, I like music, but sometimes music distracts me because I'm a musician. And I'm playing air drums along, and I'm trying to pray, and I'm, and I'm hearing words, and I want to sing, and, and there's sometimes I get distracted that way. But honestly, the older I've gotten in, 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 in my walk with the Lord, the more I just want to be still and be quiet before Him and allow Him to speak. Don't make it complicated. Talk to God like you would anybody else. Well, some of you maybe not. You, maybe you need to talk to me, but you know what I'm saying. Learn to listen and be still. So many times we spend time praying and we just talk and we just tell God, and that's good. We should do that. Sometimes just learn to sit and still and listen for His voice. We as a society cannot sit still anymore. We don't know what that is. We don't know how to do that. I went to pick up Chinese food the other night for Haley and I, because that's kind of like our default thing. Oh, we don't want to cook our Chinese food. And so we go, and, and I'm in there, and there's maybe five or six other people waiting for their order, and everybody's on their phone. We don't know how to just stop and not, like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Like, it's got to have something, i got to have something in front of me. My, our kids are getting that. My kids, we're just sitting watching a movie on the couch, and they're flipping upside down and doing all that. And they're just kids. But we don't know. Some of that's us. We don't know. What do I do? Like, there's nothing going on. Like, we don't know how to sit and be still. And I think that's a huge struggle and hindrance for us when we do pray. Because we don't know how to sit and just be still and not have something going on. Right? Learn how to do that in your prayer time. Learn how to work that in. How, how do we just, yeah, we talk to God, we pray, but then also learn how to sit and listen for His voice. And then have something, maybe a journal or something to write down. What God does speak to you. And I believe God speaks in so many different ways. I believe he'll give us thoughts. It may not be an audible thing. Sometimes people say they hear it at all. Sometimes it might be a thought. It might just be one word that you keep hearing over and over again in your, in your head. And you just write that down. Because we want to remember what God says, right? It might be, it might be a word. It might be a picture like that, that means something to you. It could be a number of different ways that God is trying to speak to you. Learn to recognize that. Write it down. How, what, what are you feeling? It, it might not be anything. You just might sense this incredible peace in that moment. There's so many different ways that God speaks. Learning to notice that. Write it down. Don't worry so much about saying the right thing or the wrong thing or even the length of time. The most important thing is that we do it. We have to. And the more you do it and learn how to do it, the deeper that time will be. Now, the how, if you need to know that, we, that, that might be for another time, and I'll be glad to, to walk you through that. But there, there's something about seeking after God. And there's something about kneeling. And I don't even believe it's the actual kneeling, but, but it's, it's the posture in which that means. It, it's a matter of just humbly, humbly, humbling. It's a matter of humbly coming before God. Because I believe God is speaking. You don't have to kneel. You can stand. You can sit. You can lay down. But it's, it's the metaphor of kneeling and being humble for It's a posture. Just coming to God and saying, you know what? I, I don't know what to do in this moment. I don't know what to do in this life. I, I don't, God, I just need you. And it could be life is going great, God, but I still need you. Right? Learning. 
come before God and just kneel before him because we absolutely, absolutely need him. How, how did Daniel stand? He stood strong before men because he knelt before God. When life gives you more than you can stand, kneel. When you hear that word cancer, kneel. When you're struggling financially, kneel. When there's things going on in your family, kneel. When everything's going good, kneel. Humbly before God because we need Him. When things happen and you need to decide to take a stand for God, absolutely pray. You might take an amazing stand. You might need to decide, hey, my kids' uh, ball team is keeping us from being in church. We might need to go to a different place to play. You, you might need to decide, man, I really want this promotion, but this business deal, it seems a little lack. It lacks some integrity. I, I don't know if I need to go through it. You better pray about it. <coughs> Come on, young people. I, you know, my, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, they keep pressuring me to go further than what I know I should go. And, 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 and he's, you know, my boyfriend's pressuring me to have sex. My girlfriend's pressuring me to, to, to do this. You better pray. You better be prayed up. You better leave some room for the Holy Spirit in that backseat of that car. <laughs> but Pastor, what if, what, if, what if my kid doesn't play college? Bro, he's nine right now. Don't worry about college. <laughs> but Pastor, what, what if I don't get that promotion? God is our provider. But Pastor, what if, what if he doesn't want to be my boyfriend? Boy, bye. <laughs> it's okay. Rejection might be protection for you. You want to have strength to stand? You want to take an amazing stand in your life? You better do it on our knees. And I can promise you this, because here's the thing. I can't guarantee you nothing bad is going to happen. I can't guarantee you you're not going to get the result that you want. Life's not a Hallmark movie. Sorry, dude. <laughs> this ain't Disney that we're touring around. But what I can promise you is this. When you do what's right, you can always trust God with the results. This is a matter of trusting it, it, It's a matter of prayer, asking, but it's, it's a matter of trusting God with our life no matter what happens. No matter what we face in this world, no matter what the government tries to bring up against us, no matter what the world tries to bring up against us. It's a matter of trusting God through it all. Now we know how this story ends. Come on, if you've been in church for a long time, you know that, that, that this story ends well for Daniel. That yes, he gets thrown in the lion's den, and no, the lions don't eat him. And he got pictures, just pet them. It, you know, it's like a big kid cat right there. That, you know? That's just where my brain goes, y'all. But we, we know how this story ends. But not every story ends that way, does it? Not all of our stories, not all of our struggles end that way. And Daniel, in this moment, doesn't know how it's going to end. Right? All Daniel knew is that for 80 years, God had been faithful to him. That for 80 years, Daniel chose to be faithful to God. And guess what? If he saves me, I will trust him. If he doesn't, I will trust him. And, and if you read through, we're going to skip this part here. We're about to skip up to verse 22. But, but if you read King Darius, he's devastated that he has to do this because he liked Daniel. Daniel had found favor with him. King Darius trusted him. He was going to set him up over everything, but he made this decree and he had to stick to it. And he was devastated. He didn't eat. He didn't sleep. There was no partying all night in the king's castle. I knew He was devastated. And the first thing in the morning, King Darius wakes up and he goes in and he, and he hollers out, Daniel, are you there? Did God rescue you? And in verse 22 through 23, my God sent his angel. He shut the mouth of the lions. God didn't remove the lions. God didn't kill the lions. God didn't take them out. He just shut their mouth, right? And I believe, like, like we need to get a hold of that today. Come on, if we would just trust in God, if, if we will pray, if we will seek after Him, no matter what, He's going to shut the mouth of the voices that are all around us, that are in your life, maybe in your own head. God will shut those mouths. He says, He shut the mouths of the lion. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in His sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. Come on, can you trust in God today? The king calls the guys who falsely accused Daniel, and then he throws them in the pit. 
issued a decree that everyone in the kingdom should fear the God of Daniel. Man, did you get that? This wasn't just about rescuing Daniel, right? God is not just going to come through for you, but your victory will testify to his goodness. Your, your victory is going to show the world who God is. Come on, so, so when they throw out that word cancer, it's a, it's a big deal. Don't get me wrong, but my God is bigger. When your marriage looks like it's over, come on, God, it is greater. When you lose your job, you don't know what to do. God will come through. When you're hurting, when you're confused, when you're not feeling it, come on, we can rise up because greater is he that is in me. Come on, we can stand. Come on, worship team, would you come up? We can stand no matter what we face in this life, but we trust in him. Years ago, a Monday night football game, you know, it's, it's football season, so I'm going to have to throw in some stories here. But uh, this was the back in the day with Walter Payton. Remember the great Walter Payton from the Chicago Bears? And, and they were talking on Monday night, and the announcers were talking about just how great Walker Payton is and, and all of his accomplishments, and that he had accumulated more than nine miles in career rushing yards, which is an incredible feat. But then one announcer kind of clapped back and, like, yeah, and it was only like four and a half yards at a time. His greatness wasn't in just sprinting off, you know, like Anthony Richardson yesterday in the Florida USF game. Sorry, Michelle. But he took that 80 yard run. <laughs> Where you at, Eric? And, and he did that 80 yard run. His greatness, Walter Pickett's greatness, wasn't in these huge chunks of yardage. His greatness was in that after four and a half yards of tough yardage, he would get back up again, get back in the huddle, get the play, get back out there, run another four and a half yards, and get back up again, run the play. What am I trying to say here? When we face things, it's easy to give up. It's easy to give in. It's easy to say, you know, I'm just not feeling it. I'm done. I'm tired. But in those moments, God allows us to stand ready to help us in our time. He is our help. The Bible tells us that he is our help in our time of need. He's always willing to forgive. He's always willing to come through. He's always willing to pick us back up. If you've been hit, if you've been hit hard, you may need a little time to catch your breath. Do it. Do it in prayer. Seek God. Allow Him to restore you. Allow Him to refresh you. Do it in prayer. Pressing on, even if it means taking just one small step. If you need to grieve a loss, absolutely do that. But do it in prayer. If you need the Lord to heal your heart, do it. But do it in prayer. Don't give up. Stand strong. Stand firm. Don't decide that it's not worth it because it absolutely is. Your life is worth it. Your family is worth it. This world is worth it. And each time you get up, you'll find that you're a little bit stronger than you were before. Each time you'll appreciate the grace of God as he carries you through situation after situation. You'll find yourself a little more resilient. You'll find yourself able to press on even more with courage. Kneeling to pray gives us strength to stand your ability to stand is determined, though, by your willingness to trust God no matter what. Life has a way of draining us sometimes. There's situations we go through. There's unfortunate things. There's things we didn't plan on going through. We got people that drain us. Come on. The enemy will come against us. Drain us at times, and I want you to. I got this jug of water. Picture that as your life, right? And, and there's things that will, will come against you and try to drain you. I haven't tried this yet, so I hope it works. It's gonna come against you. Could be bills, could be unfortunate things. One at a time. They drain us. Doctor's reports. Let's flash them on up here. Spiritual attacks. All kinds of things that we could say and list out. Things in this life. And again, we're not promised that we're not going to face it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But we are promised that a God that is amazing and good and loving and just and merciful will come into our life. He'll help us pick up the pieces. Come on. And, and, and I love God because 
He mends our broken hearts. I love God because He comes in and He comes through for me time and time again. I've got no reason to doubt God because He has come in time and time again. And my God, He mends the broken places in my life. And I love God because I know I can count on Him because He's been faithful before and He'll be faithful again. He'll mend the broken places in my And not just mend this, not just uh, fix our brokenness, not just fill those empty places, but He fills me back up again, right? Life might drain me, it might empty me out, man, because he, he fills me back up again. And I'm so thankful for that. Come on, if you're here today and you've been drained, life has been heavy, there's been things in your life that, that, that feels like it's something like I mean, God wants to come into your situation, into your life right now, and He wants to fill you back up again. He wants to mend those broken places in your heart, in your soul, in your life. Come on, will you stand with me this morning? Come on, maybe that's you today. Maybe you came in today not knowing what to expect. But I came in expecting and believing God to restore somebody. I came in expecting and believing for God to come in and make someone new today. I came in expecting and believing that God would refresh us in this place. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today, you don't know Jesus, and you're going through this, man. Life has just been drilling you over and over again. And you need Jesus to come in. You need him to mend your heart. You need him to mend your past, your life. All up over Come on. If that's you today, you say yes to Jesus. You've not accepted him into your life. And that's you. Would you just slip your hand up real quick? It's not to put on anybody on blast, but it's so that we can pray with you. So anybody here today, you don't know Jesus, you say yes to him. Come on, our prayer team, come on forward. We're going to pray for anybody that would like prayer today, no matter what it is. You may be sick, you may be hurting, you may be dealing with all sorts of things. Whatever it might be, we love to pray with you. But if you're here today and you would say, Pastor, you know what? I need to take a stand. I, I haven't been giving this my all up. I've been neglecting prayer. I haven't been trusting God. And maybe you're here today. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's not a matter of you not giving your life to Christ. Maybe life has just been tough and it's been draining you. You need to be filled up all again. I want you to come. Come to this altar. Come to this place where, where we believe God will meet you right here. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.